I wouldn't drive to a grocery store if I knew I had only exactly enough gas to get there and come back. <laughs> they they basically fly to the moon knowing like, oh, by the way, we've got like a 3% wiggle room. <laughs> Second, please. Please, Mr. Kennedy. Oh, oh. I don't want to go. Go show me in the outer space. Oh, please. please, Mr. Kennedy. Oh, oh. I don't want to go. Go show me in the outer space. I sweat when they stuff me in the precious Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 521 with the review of First Man. I'm Christopher Shazy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you this week. We're hopping aboard our rocket and firing off to bring you a review of First Man, um, the story about Neil Armstrong walking on the moon. First man to do it. <laughs> it's right there in the title. I-, I wouldn't be with you if you were the first man on Earth. Um, but yeah, I mean, have, have you have you read about this controversy surrounding this film, Stephen? You mean the political controversy? Yeah, the political I, I controversy. Have, yeah. um, this is some bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're going to take a brief moment to talk about this. Um, apparently, uh, people are upset that uh, Damien Giselle uh, decided to not show them stabbing the American flag onto the surface of the moon in this yeah. film. No, he does show it being in the surface of the moon. He just doesn't show the stabbing he, motion. He shows it on the surface of the moon. He shows American flags all up over every single shot of this damn film because mm-hmm. it takes place on NASA where there's a lot of American flags. Um, this controversy is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> um, this is like... This is one of those things where I was like, what is like what could possibly be the controversy in this film? And I had to like start digging through articles and I was like, this this can't be it. Like somebody has to be overblowing this. Yeah, like, I I don't know how it happened, but it's funny because the movie is clearly trying to bend over backwards now to fight that controversy. Like I saw that Damien Chazelle announced like special screenings for veterans leading up to the <laughs> open of, and I'm like, I see what you're doing. You're trying to salvage this. Yeah, yeah. I, I think even like Trump tweeted about it or mentioned it in some press conference. It, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 a friggin' space race between us and Russia. Right. Like it's it's featured heavily in the film. There aren't scenes where people are sitting around the tables and we're like, "Damn it, America's the greatest. We have to get to the moon first. But it's clearly there throughout the whole thing. Yeah. So it, it's silly to think that like this is some weird subliminal message to make people think America isn't great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I don't know. It, it, it's. Uh, it, it made me laugh, and then I got kind of angry yeah, <laughs> that it, it was a controversy. Yeah, I, I'm sure I'll dive into it more in the review, but I think, if anything, like this movie is so defiantly not taking a political stance yeah. about any of this. Like It is purposely showing you all of the information and all of the competing ways of looking at it and just being like, there you go. That's the story. I'm not going to tip my hand in any direction. Like I'm just going to show you what happened. Yeah. So it, it's insane that a movie can go so deliberately middle of the road and still get political criticism from both sides too. I heard there were, I, I think it was like Armand White's review and whatever. He definitely like trolls uh, a lot of things, <laughs> but I think he described it as being like, like neoconservative propaganda or, oh no, no, sorry. The New Yorker review described it as like conservative propaganda and Armand White called it like liberal propaganda and it's like, guys, maybe it's just a movie. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's just a, mo- <laughs> a movie about the achievement of man. Can we all join together across the aisle and appreciate Baby Goose in space? <laughs> <laughs> I I know we can here in this room. 
<laughs> For people who are only listening and not seeing, we're holding hands right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, now, now that we have that out of the way, um, let's put all the controversy aside yeah. and start talking about a film um, that uh, hopefully this review won't have a lot of controversy in. <laughs> Um, but so for now, we are going to take a listen to the trailer for First Man, and then we're going to come back and give you guys a review. I see the moon. The moon sees me. Down through the leaves of the old oak tree. The vehicle's not safe. We need to fail. We need to fail down here so we don't fail up there. Please let the light that shines on me. Neil, everyone's in agreement. We'd like you to command. Shine on the one I love. Mom, what's wrong? Nothing, honey. Your dad's going to the moon. Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin. We have a goal for main engine start. The entire world's watching. Nine. Do you question whether the program's worth the cost? Seven. In money and in lives? Six. Five. What are the chances you're not coming back? Four. Those kids, they don't have a father anymore. Three. So you're gonna sit the boys down? Two. And you're gonna prepare them for the fact you might not ever come home. One. Do you think you're coming back? So that was the trailer for First Man. It is uh, based on the story of Neil Armstrong and the path he went to uh, successfully land and walk on the surface of the moon. Uh, Stephen Miller, what did you think of this film? I thought it was great. <laughs> I thought it was a great movie. I saw it in IMAX. I definitely recommend that to everyone. Yeah. Even though it will not always be an enjoyable movie to watch in that format. Um, the shaky cam that Damon Chazelle does here is extreme um mostly when you're inside a rocket ship like having <laughs> things rattle and spin around and feeling the disorienting effect of like what it would be like to be in these rickety like it, it's like an old like dodge that happens to be flying in the sky right yeah. like it's insane that anything works right um, I, I i don't get motion sickness at all for the most part and there was a moment where I felt like the way you feel 30 minutes after having motion sickness yeah suddenly out of nowhere i was like oh I think that last scene bothered me a little bit. <laughs> I couldn't tell if it was that or the popcorn, but I felt, I felt that too. That you know, free large upgrade, baby. I will say this. Uh, random side, side tangent. Uh, 
when I'm not eating popcorn, I have discovered that the smell of popcorn disgusts me. Mm. <laughs> um, like, so you have to eat it. <laughs> no, like I, I will get a bag of popcorn and I'll eat it. But like if I'm standing in the, in the ticket line behind somebody else and they have this giant tub of popcorn, something about the butt, maybe it's just AMC's butter, mm. something about it. There's like this scent that like just gets inside of my face and then I just go like. <laughs> Anyways. <Nice. laughs> I wouldn't know because I am always eating popcorn in a movie theater. <laughs> Chris can attest to that. Um, True. But, but yeah, like this movie, it is visually kind of jarring and shaky for much of the runtime. It can be hard to watch <laughs> physically, but I think it's like am- amazing. Like it's a great achievement in filmmaking. And he does this really interesting thing where he he shows you so much rough experience of like what it would feel like to literally blast off out of the atmosphere and you know everyone knows this this movie ends with him flying out to the moon and landing on the moon right like there's no such thing as a spoiler for this um (laughs) but the vast majority of the movie is either showing like tumultuous flight attempts where things at any moment could go horribly wrong often do and like the claustrophobic feeling of you are alone. You are, no one else is here. No one can help you. At any moment, if you do something wrong, you might just like float away forever, you yeah, know? Yeah. And this movie does such a good job of like putting you in that headspace and understanding these stakes. And when it isn't doing that, it's putting you in a relational headspace where it's a kind of cold family dynamic where these people, these astronauts, at least Neil Armstrong, are obsessed with their goal and with what they're doing, and they are not putting in 50% of the parenting work or 10% of the emotional labor, right? They are they are living this rather difficult life that they've chosen to do at the expense of their partner and at the expense of their kids and everything else. And th- so much of this movie is that, that by the time you are finally on the moon in glorious IMAX, it is just like, it's a trip. It, it's a journey. Yeah. And I, I really like how complicated the movie decided to go you know socially like i talked about the political stuff like it is not clear if this movie thinks we definitely should have gone to the moon like it shows us a lot of people who died trying to get there it shows us claire foy yelling at people about like how they're just a bunch of you know the men are actually just a bunch of boys with like toys made out of tinfoil and cardboard right and like what are you doing uh, I mean, great... the film affects her so much that she, she decides to become the woman who hurts men yeah, who hurt women. Exactly. Like, <laughs> no other woman can be hurt the way that she was. <laughs> um, and, like, th- one of my favorite scenes in the movie, which we've referenced quite a bit leading up to it, is this cut to, like, past the middle of the movie, but, to, like, leading up to the final, the Apollo 11? 10? 11, I'm going to say 11, 11. Apollo 11 space mission, um, where there's an aside where uh, a black activist is doing his uh, like spoken word poetry slash song of uh, Whitey's on the Moon, where he's criticizing, like, while we are struggling with real social issues, you, you know, white America is just spending billions of dollars to go to the moon for no reason. And the movie, I don't think, says yes it wasn't worth it, but it also does not trumpet American flags and go like, fuck you. It was worth it. This is a movie that goes like, yeah, that, what do you think? Right? Like 
Yeah. That was a very conflicted time, and this was a very conflicted thing we were doing. And here is the accomplishment that it feels to get there. But does that outweigh the pain? Like, we don't know. I don't think the movie wants to tell us. And I, I just really liked it. I thought, like, Damien Chazelle drew a really, really, really interesting line of telling the story where it didn't become, like, a boring biopic. It became, like, about concrete moments and feelings but it was also educational as hell, and it had everything. I really liked it. Yeah, um, I I think this film is phenomenal. <laughs> this is amazing, like fucking movie. <laughs> uh, I loved pretty much every second of it, and I think that it, it's it's. I don't, I don't want to go. I don't want to go there and say that it's like the Dun- Dunkirk of like space travel films. But there are moments where it's like the story is sort of almost non-existent and it's just the arc of the journey to get to the moon that is Mm. the thing like we see this we see jumps in time that you know people are there and then they're not there and then we're seeing people adjust later on and i think that this is just an incredibly harrowing film i mean the film opens with a scene of an early test of like rocket booster engines trying to do like low atmosphere exit entry stuff I, I don't know. The, yeah. the, this this does what I love in in films. Um, I almost call it like science fiction, but uh, it, I, it like in in films where they don't bother to sit and tell you what's going on or what's going. Like you just hear people who are knowledgeable talking to each other, and nobody goes like, "Oh no, this thing happened," and because of this, this is happening. It's just characters saying like, "Oh yeah, it's reading this. Okay, cool. Yep. Oh no, I'm this," and it's just your. No, no one's holding your hand through this mm-hmm. journey. You're just experiencing it as if you're listening in to actual NASA engineers talking to a pilot, like trying to fly a ship and not bounce off the atmosphere of the yeah. Earth. Um, and I think that there are so many moments in this film that just it's it's not even like in other films where you're holding your breath. It's like you're breathing heavy. And like I, I, I got very emotional mm-hmm. at several moments in this film, not even like the emotional moments, just the the sheer like Ryan Gosling alone in something yeah, going through just with pure determination and like steady calm will. Tr- excuse me, trying to just get through the situation were just incredibly amazing moments. That just it it, it does exactly what it's trying to do. Like it, it it's it, the story takes a side seat to the experience of being in this moment of being in the unknown and and striving for a thing that no one has done. Um, and, uh, you know, like the famous line of like, we go to the moon, <laughs> not because it's easy, but because it's hard. Yeah. Um, and, and it's like th- this, uh, which is like the funny thing of, of just like the, the idea that somebody be so mad. This is un-American film. I'm not a patriot at all. And this is like an achievement of like people striving towards a thing to try to beat a superpower and accomplishing this thing. And I, I think that like there is there like I didn't stand up and go like whatever like yeah go America but like it's a thing where you're like shit this is like a journey that people went on and you like now when we think of, like we're watching sci-fi films and it's just like you just hop in a rocket and go in space and fly your shuttle outside of the atmosphere and stuff like that but to think this is like a thing that there wasn't even technology that like this is not the highest form of the technology we had. This was technology that was invented and tested that nobody would know know would work. Yeah. It's not just like like now we have like electric cars and shit. Like and, and when, when somebody went from being a combustion engine to being an electric vehicle, there was no like we don't even know if it'll drive. It was just mm-hmm. like, well, how do we use electric engines that are as powerful as like a gas powered engine, right? That's that's that that was that challenge. It wasn't that like nobody has ever driven a vehicle before. How do we in like it's it, there, there was some there's there's a sense of like we exist in a world where like there's new kickstarters every day for bullshit that is like 
the same thing we already have, just slightly different because it gives us push notifications, right? Like it's we, we have fucking Bluetooth powered coffee mugs, mm-hmm. right? That's stupid shit. Let me take an audible sip. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we both have this. I'm not just ragging. Still warm. On, I'm not ragging on Stephen, but it, it's just like a thing where it's like our life is through the technology. Yeah, the newest iPhone's great. It's just as great as the one before it. Whatever. I don't care. But like things that were not even conceivable like nobody even knew it was possible and we went to fucking space and then we went to the moon and it's incredible right and it's like like seeing that journey it's just really really powerful and it makes me care it's you know i sometimes i come back to watching like the the first rebooted muppets film where i was like i watched the muppets but i didn't care about them and then i watched that film and i was like oh i care about the muppets and like we've talked about sci-fi films on this and I'm like, space is scary. I never want to go to space. It's horrible. I don't want to go to the bottom of the sea. I don't want to go to outer space. <laughs> it's just terrible. And watching this guy. Please, get, Mr. Kennedy. <laughs> watching this guy get there. We're just like, fuck, this is amazing. And it just drew me in a lot. I mean, I my favorite moment in, in this film is, is just there's a moment where he is being interviewed for whether or not he can even be part of the Gemini, <laughs> which bugged me a lot but you're going that's to fine. Gemini uh the, the the Gemini space program Gemini and, and and then they're like they're like why 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 do you want to go to space and like I would I'll bastardize the line but he says something about like when I was up in the atmosphere I saw the world from this vantage point that we just don't see and when you see it up there it gives you a different perspective on everything mm-hmm. and if we don't go to places where we have this different perspective we'll be stuck in this one view and we won't know what is possible and it's like right. this idea of just striving for something that you don't know is possible is a thing it, in some ways this remind this is like the existential version of um, the mr rogers documentary right where it's like this idea of like just try to do things you didn't think were possible and you could achieve these things and like i i, I just i got wrapped up in the experience of just trying to do what is impossible mm-hmm. and achieving that and even though we know they achieve it, just the work it took to get there is so impactful that like it just I was like, oh, I love this movie. <laughs> yeah. I I think like what this movie really does is two people who were of age in nineteen sixty-nine, the moon landing is such a seminal event, right? And it was in this era when there were only a couple channels, so everybody watched it at the exact same time. Yeah. You know, Everyone was sharing in this thing. They were hearing it on the radio. They were like watching with bated breath as to whether or not it was going to happen. And it changed something like across the political spectrum, like people who supported it, people who didn't support it, people who still don't support it. Like if to everyone, like quote, we put a man on the moon has become like a cliche almost of what like the old man would say when he's like, we put a man on the moon in my day. And now what can we do? You know, Um, but I think like this movie gives you that feeling of what it, it would have been like to be there where you're you're feeling all the competing fears and anxieties and hope and determination and conflict you're feeling like should we really be doing this when there are riots and there's this war going on and there's like all this concrete stuff on earth but then in that moment of like respite when they actually get there for a minute none of those other factors like are weighing on you anymore. For a minute, it's just the sheer fact that a bunch of people in this like rickety thing managed to shoot up into the moon. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like at a time when cars would still stall like 30% of the time, you know, they made it to the moon. Like that's that's crazy. And I I think that's what Damon Chazelle is trying to do is like 
not not say hoorah and not say screw this, but just say like consider how absurd this was, you know? Yeah, yeah. C- consider just that feeling. And it's hard not to compare this to Gravity, right? Like the movie definitely tips that way a few times in the f- in the threat that Ryan Gosling is under in different missions. Like I think yeah. except for the actual landing on the moon, which is just amazing, shot in IMAX and very peaceful and <laughs> very interesting. I think my favorite scene in this movie is the Gemini 8 mission, which is a mission that he's going on with another guy where they with, are with docking. The docking, yeah, yeah. Yeah, redocking. And it's a mission where everything goes great for most of it, and then suddenly it doesn't. And that that feeling that like at any minute a calculation could just not only could the calculation be off and things are going to tip in a chaotic way, but calculations will be off and you will need to use your training and your knowledge and think on your feet. And like, I don't know if the movie particularly dramatized that, like the degree to which things almost go really, really, really bad. But, but, but even, even before they go really, really bad, like once again, we watch sci-fi films and there's a tractor beam that pulls you to where you want to go. You have like autopilot that sends you in like you know uh independence day right like as soon as they're out of the atmosphere it's like whoa somebody's controlling this oh i guess we're just going to the mothership right yeah you you, you don't think about the fact that like you're an ant you're not even an ant you're like an ant on an ant on a basketball mm-hmm. <laughs> and you just flew off the basketball and you're trying to hit another ant on an ant just somewhere yeah. out there in its own orbit and like when you're behind and there's no sun it's just pitch black. There's no light. You're just in the darkness. And you have to wait till both you and the object come around the side of the earth with the light so that you can hopefully glance it through a fucking 10-inch window mm-hmm. and then try to somehow propel yourself towards it when there's, like, so much, like, calculation. It, it, and that's the thing, too, is, like, there's all these missions because this wasn't just, like, oh, I need to be able to drive further than my gas tank is. How do I do that? Oh, well, I put a fill-up station partway in my journey, and now I can make that journey. This was like, we can't just fly to the moon. We have to have these stages of propulsion and mm. st- staging in one spot and moving to another and have a way to return. Like, the, it, it's just it's it's just so much that goes into doing this. Like, there's there's that silly. It's kind of silly, but it's kind of funny in in the, when when they're all sitting in the first room. When he's drawing on the chalkboard. Yeah, and he like he's like, this is the Earth. <laughs> <laughs> and then he draws the line and somebody wheels over an extra chalkboard well, just to and, draw and the I feel line like that, further. That bit is powerful too because we have just witnessed everything Ryan Gosling has done up until that point and it's the earth, the end. Like, yeah, yeah. All the craziness that he has been through is like that little centimeter on the chalkboard. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think too, one of the things is like obviously I knew that uh, lots of people died in the pursuit of this endeavor. Um, what I never really contemplated in my head um, is that when you're in a program like this, the program becomes your life and families move onto this one road and live as neighbors to the other people in the program. So this isn't just like, like Neil doesn't come home and go like, oh, we lost whoever again. Um, and then you're like, oh, that's really sad for that person somewhere else in our city that I don't see on a daily basis. Yeah. That's the person across the street who you're having dinner with that night mm-hmm. because you have dinner with them every night. And it's just the, the the it wasn't just that there was bonds between 
the 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 people on board the ship. It's that there's bonds between the families as they're put in these communities where they all spend together holding each other up to help them get through things. Like levels of like the kids that have friends with those other people and them trying to understand that like that kid doesn't have a dad anymore because yeah. he burned in this freaking fire. Like it's there's just there, there's so much about this film that like every ounce of it has like this this just emotional weight to it that like even in the scenes where there isn't weight and it's it's uh the uh neil armstrong character is sort of very disconnected like he's been through some things that sort of have made him let go of his attachments to the world in a way where he's kind of just zeroed in on this one pursuit for for better or for ilk right like it's just, he's he doesn't know how to hold on to things he just wants to accomplish this thing so that it can all have been for something yeah. <laughs> you know and it's i don't there's something really powerful about that definitely i think it, this movie definitely hammers home to the constraints that they were under like I wouldn't drive to a grocery store if I knew I had only exactly enough gas to get there and come back. <laughs> they, they basically fly to the moon knowing like, oh, by the way, we've got like a 3% wiggle room. <laughs> well, even, even, even just the landing. So if uh, most people listen to this are probably too young, but there's this game called Lunar Lander, which mm-hmm. is basically this part of the, of the process, right? Yeah. You have arrow keys and you have a thruster and you have a limited amount of fuel and you're just drifting at an angle towards the surface of the moon. And you have to like use your arrow keys to adjust and then you just add throttle and it may or may not slow you down depending on what angles you've chosen. And you have to land with a limited amount of fuel. And if you successfully land, they just put you again trying to land with the the leftover fuel. (laughs) And it's just how many times you can land. Mm. And it's like they this this wasn't a quarter (laughs) or a card swipe at Disney Quest. Uh, This was this was one and done. If you don't make this. With the limited fuel reserves to land on the surface, you're going to come tumbling in and slam down and then wreck your uh, detachment device. I mean, that, that honestly, my only complaint about this film is that they didn't want to spend an extra 45 minutes talking about how they got back to Earth. <laughs> right? I, but, I was going to ask you if you thought it was a good idea or a bad idea that they did not show the return. Um, I kind of like I like it the the emotional meaning of like the moon is the destination and you're basically done after that. For, I mean, I'm I'm fine with it in the context of the, the world, but I was so invested and so interested in, in the process of how this works that I was like, it was impossible to get here. It's still impossible to get home. How are you? Like, you, you could have ended the film with them reentering the Earth's atmosphere, right? right. Um, I just assumed that there were probably more problems that happened on the way back <laughs> that they yeah. could have been showing, right? Um, so it, it's it's not it's not like a real honest complaint. It's just like one of those things where it's like I wanted – I was so in there. I was like, oh, it's over. Damn. I, I did really like the um, – like Ryan Gosling's character – I would not say is portrayed as a hero in this movie. Yeah. He is a person who is um, bizarrely calm under pressure, you know, m- much like the uh, the free solo guy. Like everyone always says about, I- I'm blanking on his name now, but everyone always says about this person, like he just seems to not get scared. Like it's like a physical thing when other people would be scared, he just isn't. Yeah, I mean, some and, people make an argument that he may be a sociopath. Yeah, exactly, right? sure. Like and, and, and I think Ryan Gosling's uh, Neil Armstrong is very similar, where he's like, he's loving, I suppose, in the very repressed, limited way that he's able to show it to people. But for the most part, he is just like, do the work, don't seek the limelight, don't do anything I'm pushing, and I don't know why. And like, there are a few moments that he breaks. Um 
in his there's a scene where we see his daughter's funeral, which someone on Twitter said, like, I never thought I'd see a little girl's funeral in IMAX. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true. That is like a kind of odd experience to have. Um, but but there's a scene where he's stoic this whole time, stoic in like almost the whole movie. And then he gets into his study where all of his things are and he just kind of breaks down crying. Yeah. And the big question you have to ask is like, why are you not giving that to your wife? You know, why are you not grieving with your family? What is it that you're upholding? Is it like his upbringing? Is it this idea that he has to be strong for them? Is it that he just doesn't know how to open himself up to other people? It's like such an interesting character that we don't, we're looking at him a lot, but we only get little glimpses and, one could argue that is like mostly what Ryan Gosling does now, uh, but he does it really yeah, well. No, th- th- yeah, it's it's funny too. Like I didn't necessarily like when he was casting it. I didn't think anything of it, but like the way he performs, I was like, oh, th- like nobody else would yeah. have would have done it this way. Like th- it had to be him, right? <laughs> and he like he is not Tom Hanks. Like this is not Apollo thirteen. Yeah, yeah. Um, no. <laughs> this is not my Matthew McConaughey either. Like this is. It's a character where, again, he is just the – he's a person in the movie, but he's more like – he is the force that propels us to the moon. Yeah. And, like, there's a lot of interesting kind of emotional parallels here where there are there are moments when uh, one of his friends has died um, where he leaves this funeral early, leaves Claire Foy just, like – standing there needing to hitch a ride home later yeah, yeah. i mean again like he's not a good husband I, like i don't know the real neil armstrong but ryan gosling's version is not a good husband and not a good father for the most part yeah um but he leaves so he can sit stand alone in his backyard and like just look at the moon um and jason clark's character walks up to him like he's been told to try to talk to him yeah. and he just says like would i've left that party if i wanted to talk to someone yeah. Would I be standing in this backyard if I wanted to talk to someone? And I think from that vantage point of all he wants is to be alone with his sadness, like to find a place that is quiet enough where he can have it. And then like the catharsis of being in the moon at the end where it's like now we are in this place that is nothing. Like yeah. and there's something very zen or meditative about it like pushing and pushing and pushing with all that rickety, all that shaking and everything just so you can be in this like smooth, beautiful, soulless nothing for a little while. Uh, I, I don't know. I thought it was really powerful. Yeah. I, I also, uh, I love the, this is, sorry, this is going to be like, it's a total tangent, but I, I, as you were talking about like the nothing and like the shaking and the getting there, I love the effect of the transition between like their, their, sitting vertically like basically on their backs facing up and then when they shut off the thrusters and suddenly that constant acceleration disappears there's just the sudden forward lurch and then orienting of the camera to be horizontal again and it's just there there is something really awesome about that where it's just kind of like you're like we're going this is insane and all of a sudden perfect sudden piece (laughs) and it's uh, i I don't know it's like the moment you hit escape velocity boom you're done yeah yeah It, it was it's Super awesome. <laughs> yeah, the the physics of it are very interesting. And as I meant to with my little Matthew McConaughey dig, I think this is like so much the movie that Christopher Nolan wanted Interstellar to be <laughs> and wasn't. I get that Interstellar was a sci-fi and it was doing something different, but like this is the reverse gravity. Like if gravity showed us what it feels like to like 
come down from outer space. This is showing us what it felt like to like try to get up there for the first time. Yeah. And that's the thing, too, is like no matter what you do with sci-fi films that are in the future, that idea of like we took all the resources on the planet and built the last ship to save us all. You are never expected to think about the physics of getting that into space. It's just like, well, yeah, it's a a Star Trek ship, right? (laughs) You're just like you put on the warp drive and boom, you're gone or whatever, right? Uh, It's just one of those things where it's like you take for granted that it's easy, like it's as easy to get into space as it is to pull out of your garage, right? That mm-hmm. That's that's just what we think. Like, we take for granted that process. It's like we take for granted like air travel in general yeah. now, right? Like we're, I, I've never got on a plane and be like, you know what? I wonder how this thing flies, right? I'm just like, yeah, yeah wings, and aerodynamics, blah. <laughs> right? It's like, I just don't care. And it's like this Probably film, magnets. <laughs> this film makes you care about how difficult it is to do any of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's it's an awesome film. Yeah. And it is definitely worth seeing in IMAX primarily for that, like, amazing aspect ratio shift when you get to the moon and you are in full IMAX view, but also for the audio of IMAX. Like, I think despite this movie, this is not Whiplash, this is not La La Land, but it is a very musical movie in its own way. And I don't think that's all... Music is maybe the wrong word, but it's a very percussive movie. Like, the, the sounds, being overwhelmed by the sound of this movie is very important, especially because... Armstrong is a man of very few words in this movie, and this is not a dialogue-driven thing. This is about the sound of being there. And, you know, when actual music is playing, I loved that, when he's, like, putting on records and we're listening to kind of haunting, old-school choir singing. That was really great. Uh, Again, that Whitey's on the Moon interlude, I I loved that moment. Like, that was when I was like, this is the old Damien Chazelle. Like, I'm getting just a little bit of it here. Um... Yeah, it, it, see this on the biggest screen you can and with the best audio you can because I think that immersive feeling is really important to the movie. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And also, for people who don't go to IMAX a lot, sit near the back of your theater, please. Don't sit too close to the screen because you will not have the proper vantage point yeah, to it, take everything Yeah, it's dizzying in. enough in the back. Like, I was in the back of the theater and I still got plenty dizzy with all the rickety, like, <laughs> camera motion that was going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. I also have to say, the past few weeks, I spent some time arguing with flat earthers on the internet, and it felt so interesting to go into this movie and finally be able to live in a world again where it's acknowledged that there is a globe, and we left it for some period of time. But it is funny because like the one common uh, moon landing denial theory is like, think about the technology we had back then. How the hell could we have gotten to the moon? And this movie kind of is on that side where it's like, yeah, yeah. isn't it yeah. fucking we, crazy we, that we, we got to the moon? Did. <laughs> yeah, we we barely got there. Like basically escaping Earth is the bulk of it. And then you're coasting for a long, 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 long time. Like you have you have two different chaotic moments, which is like leaving Earth and going to and from the moon part and all the rest you're just like a thing in space with no forces acting on you yeah and that's the thing too is like like there there, so there's there's the scene where all the guys are talking about how they're going to attempt a spacewalk for the first time and they're like oh getting out it's easy it's getting back in it's going to be hard and they're like Mm -hmm. all worried about this thing and then just cut to a news report of the russians doing it and like I don't know if it actually happened this way but there's like fuck it why even do it now like they've already done it like they don't even care and and I, i assume they 
did. But I, yeah, the so arc I, of the movie is they just cut out like Jason Clark getting to do that, and they're yeah, just like, yeah. "Well, now we're not going to show it because it's not a new thing anymore." Yeah, yeah. But it, it just it's just funny that idea of like, and that's the thing too that separates Neil Armstrong from like the rest of his crew is those people are like, "Yeah, I want to be the guy to do that. Yeah, it's going to be cool." And he just sort of like, somebody needs to get there. And I haven't died yet, so I'm going to try to do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like almost like a sense of obligation versus the rest of the crew who, like, they want to have the bragging rights of doing it. Yeah. And, like, when he gets chosen to get elevated to different sets of different programs, he's kind of like, all right, and thank you very much for not firing me after that last measurement went poorly. <laughs> and I, I like the one kind of moment of fire that he has is when he's talking to, uh, I think it's like Kyle Chandler and his other boss, and they're talking about the dangers because he's training harder and harder, like practicing on the the lunar lander on Earth, and it, it's dangerous. You know, things can go wrong. Shit lights on fire all the time in this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and they say, like, he says, like, we have to perfect this if we want it to work. And they say, at what cost? And he's like, I think it's a little late to ask that question. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that, like, that, again, isn't the voice of someone who is just like, Hoorah, this is amazing. Go America. This is someone that's like, we're fucking in it now. Let's yeah. finish it. <laughs> and and I, I just, I like the tone that this movie strikes with that. I, I think it's a really interesting one. It, like, it isn't glamorizing the people at all. It's, uh, it, it's definitely glamorizing the engineering to the degree that it's just an amazing feat of mankind yeah. to get to do that. But I don't think it is making any statement of like, and then when we got there, it brought peace to the world or everything made sense. So it was all worth it. It's just like, and then we got there. Isn't that wild? Yeah. yeah. The end. (laughs) Now shuttle programs canceled. (laughs) Forever. (laughs) Thank God for private industry, right? (laughs) I definitely want to reach out to my friend Woody who got picked to be an astronaut last year. (laughs) I want to know if he's going to the moon anytime soon. They just everybody goes to the space station, right? That's it. Or Mars. They want to send people to Mars, I think. True. I don't think they want astronauts for that. They want suckers for that. <laughs> uh, so should we get to... Verdicts? I thought Mars needs moms. Um, yeah, should we get to verdicts? Sure. All right, Stephen Miller, if you're going to give this a must-see, recommend with the caveat, wait for rental, pass with the caveat, or must-avoid, what would you give it? Uh, must-see. Like you said, it's... a if nothing else, this is an amazing technical feat of filmmaking. It isn't the warmest storytelling. I think almost every movie, I, maybe every movie I saw this weekend has that in common where they are holding you at arm's length a little bit. They're not like a big hug of a movie. But I think this is distant in the right way for a story about a person trying to go away from everything yeah. <laughs> should be. And Chazelle's vision is just great and i think he executes perfectly on it yep yeah this is a fantastic film it is a must-see for me uh absolutely loved it uh i walked out of this film with a huge high that i haven't had walking out of a film for a while um even films i have enjoyed i haven't come out with this like what time did you see it (laughs) (laughs) it was around like i don't know 4 15 ish Sometime before four thirty, but after four fifteen, um, no, uh, that didn't happen. Um, but uh, no, I, I just, I just, it was a tremendous experience, and uh, I just love these type of films um, that just make me experience more than just think. Um, 
and don't just manipulate with me with like emotional things that like I'm going to be a sucker for. It's just things that like I just I I reacted in ways that I didn't expect to react um, during this film. And for that, I just have to praise it and uh, say, go see it because it is fantastic. Sweet. Um, well, that will be the end of this review of First Man. Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? People can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. Um, if you want to know the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or like us at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to First Man, so hopefully you're in enjoying that and uh yeah we are going to take off and uh bring you our review of if bill street could talk so see you in a bit bye okay I'm happy for the gig, but who who wrote this? I did. Okay. So, okay. Good. Shout.